Hello and welcome. This is Diane Lake, your host, and I'm going to be sharing how you can understand and apply the prophetic through practical terms, practical ways, and practical means that make it relevant to everyday life so that you can prepare the way for the Lord's purposes to manifest in the earth. This is Preparing the Way, That Practical Prophetic. Hello guys, welcome to episode 6, Finding Freedom, Turning Generational Curses into Blessing. Now we've talked previously about demonic oppression and defined it as the pressure that you feel to either get you to sin or to keep you bound up in limitations. And we've also said that there's usually a door based on Genesis 4-7 by which sin and the effects of sin enter into your life. And that scripture is in the context that God was talking to Cain when Cain did not provide an acceptable sacrifice. And God said to Cain, And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. So we're going to go a little bit deeper into some of these areas today and relate it specifically to what we call sins of the fathers and related curses, which can be called generational curses or generational sin. So first of all, let me say that Satan or the devil operates under the cover of darkness. All right. So this means that when we have secret sins or unconfessed sins of our own, or if our ancestors have secret sins or unconfessed sins, that gives the devil a bit of a room of an opening to get into your life and to work. Do you see what I'm saying? So this is what we're calling open doors, a wedge to get into your life. Because it's very seldom does the enemy, the devil, that dirty old dog Satan, just land in your life like you won the unlucky, unlucky lottery. He has some sort of room to enter because something has opened up for him to get in. All right, so let's look at a couple related scriptures. Um, because unconfessed sin, we're not talking about salvation here. Of course you have to confess your sin and ask the Lord to uh, forgive you and to cross over from that eternal death to eternal life. But not salvation specifically. We're talking about applying the blood of Jesus for anything that's causing a door for the demonic to gain entrance that you may not have realized and therefore not have confessed. So the Lord's Prayer even gives us a guideline in Matthew 6 where we are to say, I mean, you could pray this daily. I often do every day. Pray for the Lord to forgive my trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's one scripture that supports that. And even 1 John 1, 9, which we sometimes use for a salvation verse, simply says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins, and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We don't always even know what our sins are. Psalm 19, 19 says, and this is the New Living Translation, how can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? I think that's 19.13. I might have written that down wrong. And cleanse me from all hidden faults. So that's important that we understand that. Now regarding how Satan operates under cover of darkness. Ephesians 5, 8-14 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. 
Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of all those things which are done by them in secret. All things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. All right, so we are children of light. We are to walk in the light. The unfruitful works of darkness are compared to being done under the cover of darkness. All right, so I think you get what I'm saying. So there are six major types of doors. There's more than this, but these are the major types of doors by which the demonic might gain influence into your life. Number one, inherited curses. So we're going to talk more about this. These are the sins of fathers and resulting curses in the generational lines. Number two, sins of the flesh. Okay, these are sins that we indulge ourselves in. They're fleshly, earthly desires. Um, it's just, you know, we want to feel good at the moment, I guess. Number three, illness and accidents. These are two forms of physical trauma that provide an opening. Uh, number four, emotional trauma. I've talked about this previously. This can involve loss quite often through divorce or death, job or business loss, abuse. That affected my life very dramatically through the death of my mother. Number five, passive or trance state of mind. This can include things like hypnosis, um, trance state, a uh, uh, trance-like state caused by drugs it can even be anesthesia through some sort of surgical process. Anesthesia, I think I said that right. And finally, number six, occult involvement. Occult actually means hidden. Remember, we're talking about how the devil operates under the cover of darkness. Now, this is basically any form of the occult or what we're going to talk about here briefly is when someone is looking for knowledge or power from hidden sources, meaning sources other than God. So it includes witchcraft, Freemasonry, any kind of secret societies, especially if there are blood oaths and in sacrifices. God is not a God of secrets. Remember, he's the God of light. Um, signs of occult influence, by the way, if a person has several of these, not just one, but several of the following, um, there could be another reason to look at this more closely is what I'm saying. Uh, so these are accident proneness, illness, sexual sins, strong fears, and or strong control and manipulation behaviors. Now remember the blood of Jesus, we're going to talk about this more is what we have as our tool to get rid of all this. The blood of Jesus and asking forgiveness on behalf of our sins and the sins of the ancestors is what breaks this and brings us over from cursing into blessing. All right? So inherited curses, as I said, are caused by the sins of the fathers and they result in the curses. Sometimes, as I said, recall, sometimes we call it generational sin. Most easily identified types of generational curses coming down involve alcoholism, drugs, and sexual abuse. These are cycles you see easily within generations. There are many others that are less, less easily identified. They can be things like fear, rejection, rebellion, anger and rage, shame, sexual perversions, control, abandonment, 
even emotional and physical types of um, unstableness, uh, you know, just issues that you have. You can see them in cycles and families sometimes. Well, even sometimes like my migraines, remember, that was on both sides of my family. So you see what I'm saying. Um, certain demonic influences that pass through family lines. We're talking about generation to generation. So the, as I said, you can see these cycles putting pressure on people to enter into the same types of behaviors. We're talking about negative and destructive behaviors as their ancestors did. So let's give a defini definition of what we're talking about. The sins of the fathers and resulting curses. It is the accumulation of all sins committed by our ancestors it is like we have a heart tendency that we inherit from our forefathers to rebel against god's laws and his commandments which is what you know we call sin typically it is the propensity or the tendency to sin to enter into these negative or destructive behaviors and cycles and it's an accumulation until we reprint and we break the cycle all right so we're going to give a couple scriptures for foundation for this. There's so many more, so much more depth I could get into, but we have to keep it manageable for time. We want you to be able to walk away from this episode with some tools in your hands to cross over from cursing to blessing. So first of all, let's read Exodus 20, verse 5, in which the Lord says, You shall not bow down to them, meaning other gods, nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Now keep in mind, the next verse, verse 6, says that he shows mercy to thousands who love and keep his commandments. So that's why we can switch this, all right? That's very important to understand that we can switch this. We have the power through the blood of Jesus. Also, Exodus 34, 6-7, I'm going to read in the NIV. The Lord, who is compassionate and a gracious God, he is slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, meaning thousands of generations, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and the fourth generation. Now, if you want a closer look, this might be an eye-opener if you've never looked at Deuteronomy 28, Verse 15 to the end of the chapter, go ahead and read it. This is what we call the effects of sins. And they can reveal themselves as what I would call curses. Don't get hung up on the language. Just go read it, Deuteronomy 28, 15 to the end, on your own if you'd like to see some of the things I'm talking about. All right, so keep in mind, we're all responsible for our own sin the passing down of iniquity, but it does put pressure on us, the descendants to sin, okay? We're talking about generational sin. It doesn't force us to sin, it just puts pressure on us, okay? It doesn't condemn us to eternal death or judgment. Each person is responsible to God for their own sin, for their own decision for salvation, okay? So don't get that confused. Now, in modern society, we tend to think very independently, very much as individuals. We each just say we're responsible for our own life, you know, um, just as long as you're not hurting anybody else, you know, it's your life. But God thinks differently. He sees us in terms of generations and families. Remember how often, you know, in Scripture in the Old Testament did we see God saying something like, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? He's... 
He's getting you to see I'm a God of the generations. And even in generation, in, excuse me, in Genesis 12, 3, speaking to Abraham, God says that he is going to bless all the families of the earth through Abraham. All right. So he sees a great big picture and it's all connected by families and generations. And sometimes we don't like to think about this because maybe we don't even like our family that much. But, you know, God, he doesn't really care about that. He sets up the rules. We just need to know what they are. He sets up the framework, not us. So we have to adjust our mindsets to his. Remember, we've already talked about ungodly mindsets in a previous episode. An ungodly mindset is anything that we think about not the same as God thinks about it. Okay? All right. So the biggest revelation that I had, I'm going to give you a little bit of testimony concerning generations and not thinking so independently and it actually was affecting my life and in a way that we could call a curse uh i just didn't know about it okay i didn't i didn't get it so the biggest revelation that i had concerning this involves inheritance and missed inheritance now actually i have missed inheritance on both sides of my family my dad's and my mom's in a pretty significant measure but i'm going to talk about the maternal side for this so my maternal grandparents had three children one of those was my mom now i already told you that i lost my mom when i was 17 so she died prematurely and my grandparents left my aunt and my uncle pretty much everything in their will and um, they never hid it um they never they they told the grandchildren that that were my mom's that you know my brothers and sisters and i um that we were not in the will um we had a good relationship with them i they never really revealed what happened and my grandparents had never probably had much money in the bank but they were farmers and ranchers and they did own lots of property large prime areas of farm and grazing land which ultimately was worth a lot of money as i said they never hid it and my uh philosophy had always been kind of um you know well it was their money they can do with what they want and it did seem hurtful and unfair i mean if you've ever experienced this you know you can't help but think well what's wrong with me and why why does everybody else get all this stuff and not me? But I understood that you can't harbor unforgiveness in your heart. You know, I'm, I was a believer by then and then eventually a spirit-filled believer. So I just reasoned they could do whatever they want. And anyway, you know, it's kind of my husband and me that has to make our way in the world, right? So I just tried not to make too big of a deal about it. Well, um, as I said in previous episodes, the Lord speaks to me in dreams quite often. And so this was a number of years ago, but in one, at one point I had a dream, and I was in a vast warehouse, and there was a lot of items in it. And I saw my maternal grandparents there, and I understood that all the items in this warehouse had previously belonged to them, and other grandchildren were there, and they could come and claim items, anything they wanted, anything that interested them. But for some reason, I knew that I could not. I was kind of like a bystander, and I, and I couldn't claim anything. Well, in the dream, this did not even upset me. I seemed uh, all right about it. I seemed to accept it. Um, and upon awakening, I re-examined myself before the Lord and asked him if, you know, if I had harbored any bitterness or unforgiveness I wasn't aware of, and I prayed accordingly. It was really the only thing I could think of to do because it was a, a pretty 
interesting dream, I'll say. But several nights later, I dreamed of my grandparents again. And this time, I simply saw them and I said, Hey, you were just in a dream of mine. And then I woke up. But now I'm thinking, okay, the, the Lord's putting his finger on this again. So there's something here I'm missing. So I mentioned it to my prophetic mentor at that time. Her name was Karen. I think I told you that. And so I shared what I had dreamed about. And she was very, very perceptive to the Holy Spirit. And what the Lord showed her is that a spirit of deprivation had gained entry into my life through this situation. Okay, we're talking about an open door through the generations. Okay, you following me? It was draining away various things in my life. Well, it had already drained away material resources, right? Okay, this wasn't my fault. I didn't do anything. And it wasn't just material. It included health and mental capabilities, if you can believe. How interesting. And had never occurred to me that the Lord cared about the injustice of a missed inheritance and that it had opened a door to the demonic where they could gain entrance, where these demonic influence forces could work. Okay? It was a complete revelation to me. So then I began to research the scriptures regarding inheritance and the justice of the Lord. And out of that, I gained a whole new perspective. And that which the enemy has stolen from you is not acceptable to God. Now, we might talk about that a little further in another episode. He wants to resort justice to you and to me, to anyone who will come into agreement with him. All right? Um, I, here's a couple of the scriptures that really jumped out at me. Proverbs 13:22 says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, his grandchildren, in other words. And in Romans 8, we're told that we are all children of God by the spirit of adoption, and we have become, in fact, joint heirs with Christ. So inheritance is very important. We'll stop with there as far as any scriptures. But, you know, finally, in closing, I want to wind down and give you some tools all right, I want you to be able to walk away from this podcast feeling like you can change the generational cursing into blessing. Now, you're going to have to think in terms of your own life because you're not going to have experienced the same thing that I did. But so number one, some simple tools. First of all, be open to it. Be open to thinking about those doors of entry that we discussed and particularly the ones I mentioned. All right, I highlighted the generational curses, the sins of the fathers resulting curses, and especially the occultic Freemasonry, the secret society sins. Remember, the enemy works through hidden sin, through unconfessed sin. Anytime you have a, a structure, whether it's an occult, a Freemasonry, anything built on the premise of a hidden and secret society with rituals and all kinds of things that no one knows about, that gives the enemy an opening to work, okay? He operates under cover of darkness, all right? So, consider it and then pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any open doors that you are not even aware of or whether you might have not even known yourself that your ancestors were a part of and then be willing to ask forgiveness, okay? Number two, don't give place to the devil by holding secrets, Maybe you have secrets of your own. 
You know, if it can't be out in the light, then it's probably not of God, okay? Now, we're not talking about not having any discernment. Sometimes there are circumstances and different things in our lives that we just don't blast off the rooftops, okay? You don't just tell any old person. That's discernment, and that's different. But don't hold secrets, okay? And number three, be willing to pray a sinner's prayer on behalf of yourself and on behalf of your ancestors. Now, remember, again, we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about applying the blood of Jesus for anything that's causing a door for the demonic to gain entrance where you might not have known about it and confessed it yet, all right? So I'm going to walk you through just a sample prayer. I think it's very important for you to do this on your own, not just with me. But let's just let's just do something here and an exercise that we can participate in together, okay? And it doesn't hurt for me to walk through this again too because even if you've done this before, you know, it's kind of like that layers of an onion thing we talked about. You don't always know everything at once and besides sometimes you just have to deal with certain things at a time and then the Lord will reveal something later, okay? So Lord, we come before you together. Me, myself, and all those who are listening, and we ask you, Father, to just hear our hearts and know how willing we are to enter into uh, everything that we can do to turn the cursing into blessing. We confess our sins, Father. We confess our sins, anything that we have done that we don't even know about. We ask forgiveness. We ask forgiveness from those who might have hurt us, those who might have hurt you, Father, and they didn't even know it. We repent, Lord Jesus. We ask for your forgiveness and for ask for forgiveness for entering into the sins of the fathers and for yielding to the pressure that has come down through the generations upon us. And we choose, Father, to turn away from any of those sins. Father, we forgive ourselves. We can feel guilty. We can feel shame and even self-hatred. And Father, we repent of that. We forgive ourselves and ask you to forgive us as well. And we receive your forgiveness, Father. We pray for cleansing. Thank you, Father. We take and apply. We appropriate the power of the cross, the blood of Jesus. And we ask you to stop and break all judgments and curses against us that have come down through the generations. Thank you, Father, that the blood of Jesus covers all. And Lord, we ask for your blessing to flow down upon us in place of any sins and curses that have pressed down upon us and are now broken. Father, we ask the blessing to flow. In Jesus' name, Father, turn any cursing into blessing and let us see the evidence in our lives. Let us see your hand working upon us. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. You know, I'm going to give you a small homework assignment. Go read Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 14. That's the first half of that chapter that I said lists all the effects of sin. This is all the blessing, and I encourage you to read that. In fact, you might want to read it every day. And just remind yourself what you have done when you prayed a prayer like this. And again, I encourage you to do it on your own and meditate and think upon, think upon it. Let the Lord bring into your mind things that you need to deal with specifically, okay? Thanks again for listening. I really enjoyed talking with you. Love you guys. Bless you. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Preparing the Way, the Practical Prophetic. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
your positive review helps the show reach more people with our message. And please visit our website at www.starfireministries.org where you can donate, read our latest articles, and keep up to date with us on all of our social media sites. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.